Hey, we're glad that you are here for worship this morning. Thank you for braving the weather. You are the strong, the, the determined, the, 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 yeah, you're here. We're glad that you're here. I was thinking earlier, you know, my, I've been so far this winter, I've been trying to pray winter out of winter, especially on Sundays, and uh, we've done pretty good up to this point, and uh, winter has apparently caught up to us, and uh, uh, we were, God never intended for people to live this far north. But here we are, and so we'll make the best of it. Uh, we are going to continue to worship right now with our, with our tithes and offerings. Uh, in a couple of minutes, the ushers are going to come forward, and uh, they're going to pass baskets. And it's one of the ways that we receive offerings here at Moncton Weston. They're also offering boxes out in the atrium area that you can still use. We still check those. We shake them, you know, make sure there's, see if there's anything in them. So uh, those, those boxes are there. And I just want to use this this time right now just to thank you for your your very faithful giving uh, throughout uh, last year, 2014. And uh, I especially want to thank you for your Christmas offering. Um, December 21st was the, was the Christmas offering, and we, we gave you a couple weeks notice on that and just kind of put it out there and, and told you what the needs of the church are and uh, that there's some things that we'd like to do going forward. And uh, so... Before I give you the, you know, the, the rough total of the Christmas offering, it helps for you to have a little bit of context, probably. Um, the, the, the total church budget for the year is, is close to $2 million. It goes up and down, and it's, 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 it's right in around there somewhere. That's roughly $40,000 uh, a weekend that, uh, that we need. Those are really rough numbers. Uh, everything is wide open. Uh, uh, you know, our... our Budgets and all that sort of thing. There's, there's, we're wide open with that kind of stuff. We want you to know, uh, you know, what it takes to, to run a church like this. And uh, so, with that, knowing that, it'll help you to appreciate that uh, the offering on December 21st was was the total offering of everything that came in was close to ninety thousand dollars. And uh, so that's exciting. Very, very exciting. So uh, I just wanted to come out here this morning and thank you and uh, say we, we really do appreciate that. It's, uh, it's good to be a part of a church that, uh, that is giving, that is generous, that believes in, uh, in its mission and its vision uh, to continue to reach people. Uh, very, very exciting. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, this is the first Sunday, obviously, of 2015. Let's get it off to a great start. And uh, all we need to do this morning is give as though this place was packed. And uh, so uh, that's all we need to do. But uh, God, God bless you this morning as you continue to worship this way. Uh, I'll pray as the ushers come forward and then they'll help us with this morning's offering. Let's pray together. Lord, I do thank you this morning. Uh, I thank you, God, for this church, these great people. Uh, love them this morning as their pastor. And uh, so thankful, God, for what you're doing in our church and thankful for what you're doing in individual lives. And uh, thankful, God, that we can... Uh, rejoice this morning about your, your blessing and your goodness in our lives and in our church. And uh, Lord, we I just pray right now for this offering that we're about to share in and uh, give towards and uh, this act of worship. And I pray, God, that you would be with each family, uh, with each individual in, in 2015. I pray, God, that you would provide for their needs, that you would uh, Help them to, uh, to make the best decisions possible, prayerful decisions as they approach 2015. Uh, I pray, God, that you would help each one of us to put you first in our finances and first in every area of our lives, that we would, that we would honor you 
and knowing God that when we do that, that, that you that you bless us, that you provide for us, that you're faithful. And so, Lord, I just I just uh, pray that you bless this offering this morning. And again, Lord, our prayer is that you would you would protect us from ourselves, that you would help us to use every dollar in a way that honors you, and uh, that you would remind us, Lord, that that everything that we do here, including the offering, is 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 about reaching. Uh, that next person for Jesus Christ. And so I just pray that you'd, you'd constantly remind us of that. And so uh, be with us now as we worship with tithes and offerings. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the offering uh, baskets are going to start to go out. And as that's happening, I'm actually going to start into my sermon. But you can multitask. And uh, you, can, you can listen to me uh, and give an offering at the same time. I'm sure you can do that. So, uh, again, uh, this, is, this is my first opportunity back from the holidays. Uh, we were out to Gayla's uh, parents' farm in Ottawa, and it was all that. And then some. It was wonderful. It was awesome. Uh, we had a great uh, break and a uh, very restful, relaxing time out there at the farm. Um, probably ate too much. No, definitely ate too much. But, but it was an excellent, excellent time. So this is my first opportunity to say Happy New Year to everyone and wish you all of God's best for 2015. It's also my first opportunity uh, to get out here and thank uh, so many of you for, for very kind and generous gifts uh, to, to myself and our family Christmas time. And to thank you for those of you who gave us cards and, and best wishes over the holidays. To, to thank you for those. Uh, they are very much appreciated. And as I mentioned in, uh, earlier, I, I love being your pastor. I really do. And uh, just thank you for that. It's also my first opportunity to, uh, to thank, again, in this context at least, all of the, the, the leaders and the volunteers of Hub City Christmas, uh, to those of you who showed up, to those, those, those of you who came to Hub City, to those of you who invited someone. How many of you um, invited someone and they came? You had friends or family come to Hub City. See, isn't, isn't that exciting? Uh, that's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, so my first opportunity to get out here and thank all of you for that. Um, and thanking those of you who showed up here for several hours uh, yesterday to help uh, un-Christmas uh, Moncton Wesleyan. That's always a, a big job. And thanks to those of you who helped out with that. You probably heard last Sunday that we had somewhere around 4,500 people attend uh, the three Hub City uh, services, performances, whatever you want to call them, uh, which is really, really exciting. And, uh, and then the most important thing was around close to 428 salvations in, uh, in Hub City, which is very exciting. Uh, a little bit of inside information. We have a smaller crowd, you know, you, you get the core group. A little inside information. After, well, after the first night, and, and I gave the invitation, and uh, Pastor Mike and a, a couple others went through the cards, and... and Mike Tapper was so excited that he drove straight over to, to our house and came, just came, you know, in the house like this. You, you know, you won't believe it. And we had this many decisions. And I said, was I clear? And he said, yeah, like you were really, really clear. Like, like we had this many decisions. And I was like, wow. So then the next night, the second night, those of you who were here on Monday night, 
I went overboard, to be clear, like to make sure, like, like if, if you're making this decision, this is what you're doing, and, and, and uh, this, is, this is, you're going to follow Christ with your life, like for the rest of your life, and, and you know, this is what you're doing. And we had an, another, and then the third night, I was like super duper, duper, duper clear, and we had the most decisions ever on that third night. And uh, so it was really, really exciting. Um, yeah. So the whole event, uh, and I mean this 100, the whole event was God-breathed, God-ordained, and God-blessed right from the very beginning. Um, thanks to so many of you who prayed for that event. Uh, now we need to pray for all of those decisions, all of those cards, those people who made decisions. Uh, we'll be following up with all of those new believers uh, every single one of them will be followed up. And, and I honestly believe that this facility was built for revival. And uh, thank you, Mike. I think that was Mike Wilbur or somebody over there. Uh, I don't know who it was, but thank you. I, I honestly believe this facility uh, was built for revival. And we're praying for 2015 to be a year of uh, exponential growth um, as we continue to take the name of Jesus into our city. And when I say growth, let me just, let me just, I I hate, I I don't want to, you know, explain that every time I say that, but just to remind you that every number has a name, every name has a story, every story matters to God. And so when I'm talking about, about big growth, I'm talking about, about your friends, your family, your neighbors, people we know coming, individuals coming to accept and follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So it's not, it's not like, oh, it's about church growth and packing this place out. It is, but it's about every individual person who, who comes here. We're excited about, about each one. Is that clear? Do I need to explain that every time I say that? No. <laughs> Do you trust me? Yeah, you're a good bunch. Love you. Okay, so we're starting the year off with a series on family because we're all in one. Even if you are one, you're a family. God knows that we could all use a little help on how to do family. Uh, family can be interesting. You might have realized that over the holidays. Right? It's just, wow. And uh, I don't know if you picked up on the, the sarcasm of the title, The Ideal Family. Uh, it, it, it was meant to have a little bit of sarcasm. I'll explain that. It's got this, this graphic. It's out on the front of the church. And, it, you know, it's the perfect family. And they're arm in arm. And they're staring up at this softly hued logo of the ideal family. Doesn't it just make you want to hurl? Right, and so there's a little bit of <laughs> they're just gazing into whatever that is—a sunset or a, it's probably a sunrise because they're the perfect family and they're up at dawn every morning, you know, and and they're dressed at dawn and their hair is perfect at dawn, and and so there's a little bit of sarcasm um, built into that. I'm not sure what the ideal family is. I'm not. I'm definitely not going to try to define the ideal family for us. You know, you know, most of us don't get the ideal. Uh, what you get is real. You get, you get a real family. So the question is, how do I deal with my real? Oh, there it is. Did you catch it? Ideal. How, so if it's not ideal, how do I deal with the real family that I, that I have? So this, this series is about helping you deal with the real. And maybe, you, maybe there's been a family that, that you have thought, well, boy, they, they're perfect. They're ideal. Have you ever seen a family like that? And they're never in a hurry. Their car is always clean. The kids are always dressed perfect. They look like they just stepped out of a catalog. Their teeth are white. 
They live a fabulously interesting life. And, and you only, the only reason you think they're ideal is because you don't go home with them. Right? You don't, you don't see what happens inside the box. And you, and you, just, you just don't know their world. And, but you look at them and think, well, that's ideal. I could tell you stuff about, about my family that would, that would make the guptals seem very real in your eyes. But my family goes to this church. <laughs> so I won't do that to them. Uh, we're far from perfect. And I was, then I got thinking about the family that I grew up in. And I could, I could tell you stories about, about my childhood and, and the family unit that I grew up in. Stories, stories that would make you say, well, he seems pretty normal. You know, like... like you know, but, but I can't do that either because of Facebook and Twitter. And, and you know, some of you would post what I say and, and we record these services. And, and my siblings would call me and say, I can't believe you said that from the stage. And so I, I can't do that. I can't do that either. I don't, maybe back in the 50s, uh, we had a, I wasn't in the 50s, but maybe back in the 50s, there was a definition of what a typical family looked like. It seems like everybody in the 50s had 2.2 kids. I don't know how you do that. Um, that's tricky. But it seems like, you know, the average family had 2.2 kids, a Ford, a Buick, or an Oldsmobile, and a white picket fence. And then the 70s happened. What they say about the 70s is, if you can remember the 70s, you didn't do it right. And so here we are in 2015, regardless of how we got here, Families take on a lot of different shapes and, and sizes, and they all matter. They're, they're all unique, but they all matter. Some of you are single. Some of you are married. Some of you are remarried. Some of you are married after you remarried. Some are raising kids. Some of you are raising your kids' kids. Some are fostering. Some have adopted. Some are alone. Some are taking care of elderly parents. And, and there's probably no two families alike in this, in this room. And if you think that we're diverse, and if you think that we're a little messy, have a look in the Bible. Hello. Wow. Have a look in the Bible. You can hardly find a normal family in the Bible. You can hardly find whatever, whatever you think an ideal family is. You can hardly find an ideal family in the Bible. That's encouraging. That should be, that should be like, whoa, okay, so wow. So, so there's a lot of that, you know, messy kind of stuff in Scripture as well. They're all dysfunctional. And if anything, the Bible teaches us not to expect the ideal, but how to deal with the real family that you have. Think about it. The first family in the Bible, let's just start with the first family. They were a wreck. They were an absolute wreck, right? Like the original sinners, Every sin that, that has ever been committed on this planet goes back to them. It started with, with them. And then one of Adam and Eve's sons kills his brother. Like, that's, that's slightly dysfunctional. Um, slight, <laughs> slightly. Side note, how long did Cain hate his brother? As long as he was able. <laughs> wakey, wakey. Even Jesus' family leaves them behind on a road trip. <laughs> Even the family of Jesus. Like, how do you forget Jesus? You know, like are, like, are we missing anyone? 
Oh yeah, just the savior of the universe that the Holy Spirit planted in your body. You know, other, are we missing anyone? No. How do you leave behind Jesus? But they did. So, so it's, it's, all, it's all interesting. There might not be an ideal family, but the family can be the ideal place to work out uh, grace and forgiveness and patience and love. God has given you a perfect opportunity to exercise all of those things inside, inside the family. So that's the setup for our series. Um, let's jump into our text. Our text this morning is in the letter of Ephesians. Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul. It was probably written around the year 60 AD. Paul is in prison in Rome, and uh, he gets a visitor from this church in Ephesus that he planted. And uh, I think, oh, perfect. I'm, I'm going to write a letter and, and give it to you and send it back, <clears throat> excuse me, to the church in Ephesus. So he writes this letter and sends it back to the church as an encouragement to them. And this is the letter that we have Today, it's called the letter of Ephesians. We're going to read uh, in chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. David Way, would you pass me that bottle of water right there, <clears throat> sir? He is our care pastor and uh, pastor of water passing. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate your ministry there, sir. Ephesians 1, beginning in verse 3. We're going to read 3 to 10. Here we go. All praise to God, Paul says, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every... Remember, he's in in prison, okay? Don't forget that. He's in a Roman jail cell. Who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Okay, we're going to stop there. Let me get a drink, and then we'll be off and running. Paul is writing to these, these families back in this church in Ephesus. And the, the families that he's writing to, their only um, influence for what a family should look like was Roman or, or Greek influences of the day, which were deplorable. They were debased in every sense. In fact, most of what, most of what that culture was into would be illegal in our, in our world today. And so the only... Their, every, their thoughts about family and how a family was supposed to function came out of this, this debased, deplorable Greek-Roman culture that they were living in. It was family at its lowest denominator. It was dysfunction with a capital dis. Lots of dis and not much function. Okay? And Paul spent at least three years in Ephesus introducing the idea to them, teaching them a new way to do family, that, that God has a higher standard and that God has a better way 
And so Paul's teachings and the teachings of Jesus into these first churches and groups of families, this, these teachings literally change the world and all that, that we today know to be true about family, about, about, about how to treat women and how to treat children and how to love one another and how to serve one another. I mean, Paul radically changed everything that they, that they knew to be true about that. And so God has a better way. God has a higher standard. And people adopted to that and, and, and uh, started to follow God's ways. And, and, and it influenced everything. It changed the, the entire world. So in verse 3, Paul begins by saying, All praise to God the Father. Now that, word, that phrase, a couple words there, the Father. Just the thought of God the Father is a challenge for many in this room. A lot of you just have a, a challenge when you, when you start thinking about a, a, a father figure. And you can't help but filter the words father, the word father, through your experience of your earthly father that, that you knew, that you grew up with, or you didn't grow up with, or, or whatever the situation might be. And so when you hear, you know, God the father, you, you can't help but filter that through your own father experience that you grew up with. We need to, to reimagine that word, Father. Because the teachings of Jesus and of, and of Paul and of the New Testament, it brings us a whole new vision of, of God the Father as a loving, caring, patient, heavenly Father who wants to know us. Uh, a Father who wants to pick us up when we fall. A Father who wants to hold us when we cry. A Father who wants to, to correct us when we stray. Be there for us when, when we wander. And so if, if the image of to, to correct us when we stray, be there for us when, when we wander. And so if, if the image of Father is a, is a challenge to you this morning, I wanted to challenge you and encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you to, to take a deep 